Hello, guys, and welcome to the brand new podcast by You Suck, Yelling at Clouds, with me, Alex Whiteley. But I am nothing but a shadow figure in this uh, in this uh, episode because today this is all about the smartest man that I know. We're very lucky to have him as part of the, this network, Mr. Eric Fluger. Eric, thank you so much for doing this with us. Thank you so much. Shadow, you went Jungian on me right out of the gate. Hmm. Well, this is what I want. This is your podcast, man. Your very own podcast. I am here to sit, hit record, and then just let you go, sir. Every kid should have one. And by the way, if I look like a deer caught in headlights in that drawing I've made to represent myself, uh, that's because that's how I feel. You shouldn't, Still. though, because you're so brilliant behind a microphone. And this is this is what I said to you from the beginning. We did We did some Star Wars specials that we did, and... They're some of the most beloved bits of audio that I ever made, and that's because you're so eloquent behind a microphone. Um, you deserve to be there, so don't downplay yourself, sir. You br- well, you ain't heard nothing yet. <laughs> Not by a long shot. So, Eric, I think we need to explain to the listeners uh, the sort of concept you have for this show. There's a way to do it, and I think that my uh, prepared notes for this episode the pilot episode will do that i'm going to take you through it all um where to start then alex i think you and i would agree it should start at the very beginning very good place to start yeah um in order to do now it's time for you to just sit back and be the maxell guy put on your glasses put the scarf around your neck and sit back in the recliner yes yes pour the pour the brandy pour the brandy Oh, very nice. Coffee for me. So let me read you this. This is one of the oldest of the Hindu Upanishads. In the beginning, there was only the great self reflected in the form of person. Reflected, it it found nothing but itself. Then its first word was, this am I, whence around the name I. Which is why, to this day, when one is addressed, one first says, I, and then tells whatever other name one may have. Now, whoever wrote that about 30 centuries ago probably wasn't anticipating they'd be used to christen this podcast. We can assume that much. (laughs) Maybe you'll be on a podcast in a few hundred years. (laughs) This is exactly what I'm aiming for. But I think I could use that line of scripture to begin answering this crucial question of what we're doing here. Why should you or anyone else have any reason to want to listen to me now or any time else? Who am I? So having said I, as in scripture, I must then tell whatever names I have. And so today I is pretty much referred to the name Eric Pfluger written on the bottom left corners of a few dozen paintings. Accompanied by a nickname, the Flug, gifted unto me by somebody far greater and better than I. Thank you, Kevin. We'll have more thanks for him later. But beyond names, what's to be considered be considered I? Eric Pfluger is, I mean, beyond the simple stubborn fact of being a mere dot of flesh in a world of more than seven billion dots of flesh, but what am I after that? I'm not even the finest such dot. I'm a dot saturated to the core with faults, born flawed, and remaining such. So the entire premise of this podcast is built on the answer to that question, who am I, being forever, I do not know. 
but I search. So every episode's going to constitute, in effect, one signpost or other on the road as I conduct that search. I'll examine some aspect of myself, great or small, or in between, good, bad, or indifferent. And I'll ask what it says of me, in what way it says, this am I. Sound fair to you, Alex? Sounds fair. And i, I got to add that, I mean, me and Eric have never actually met. I do consider him almost a, an extension of the family. So that's how, that's how I feel about Eric. But i got to tell you, if I, if I do meet you in person, I will be searching for who you are, Eric. Don't you worry. <laughs> You're just looking deep into my eyes and find nothing there. Our, our eyes was the polite place you went to. <laughs> Jeez. But you want to talk about the I? What's in this for I? What do I get out of it? Why should I want to have a podcast for anybody to listen to? Truth is, I never sought one out. You'll tell the story in, in due course, I'm sure. But the long story short is like so many other such things in my life, I was drifting aimlessly until by accident I fell into its orbit. So when the offer came to me from you, I mean, it couldn't have come at a better time. I was and am at a relative low point. Many people are. I mean, without reading through all the events in detail, let's, let's just say it's been as much 2020 to 21 for me as it's been for anyone else. I've suffered. I've known loss. I've been hurt in the heart, disappointed in the soul. And I know still that what I've gone through is nothing whatsoever beside those who've truly suffered, truly known loss, truly been hurt, truly been disappointed. So what I have, I am truly grateful for. But it hasn't been easy to pick up a brush or a pen. I haven't given up my art. I haven't been able to find the joy of old in it either. Nor do I suspect I'll be able to find, I'll be able to until I found a way to heal from the wound. Some of those heal slowly. It's far from a surprise. When you break a limb in a violent accident, the limb will probably work again, but not without time and effort. So how much more so for something as utterly delicate, as easily broken as the creative spirit? All of that was the case before my father passed, shocking and sudden as that was. But though loss can cut and scar you, it can also renew and reinvigorate you. The true pity is if it doesn't change you at all, because then it's valueless. Such will not be said of this particular loss. So part of what's necessary in its wake is to just inventory the whole of myself to find exactly how much of what comprises I was placed there by my father and how much of it wasn't to find where my father ends and myself begins. Now, as a process, that can be wonderful and terrible to behold. It's comic and tragic, but it's ultimately natural. And it must be done with wisdom and with care and in the right form under the right influences. Enter the podcast. Enter Alex Whiteley, who offers me a chance at another kind of art, one that I am as new to as an infant to life itself, but an art that I feel at some deep-seated level beyond logic or reason and more approaching instinct that I think I'll be up to the challenge of. Another kind of art that I can shape into something uniquely mine. Another way to express comprises I. And that's what the gift, the nature of the gift is that you brought to me, Alex. So before I do anything else, I want to say thank you. 
and from the bottom of my heart. Sorry, I was muted. Uh, <laughs> I was I was taking a vape. I didn't want to ruin that. No, I, I appreciate it, Eric, because the the reason why I made anything was to bring people together and to help people. And it, me reaching out to, to Shane Hinton, uh, to Tom Bruno, to all the friends that I've made, to Garrett. It's, it's, about, it's like me reaching and putting my arm around someone um, from one side of the planet to the other. Shane is very local, of course, but it's helped him. It's helped him. It's given him a, a drive and a purpose. Uh, and you are you are well versed, Eric, and like everyone that's met you, including Kevin, including Ralph, you know all these people. They they appreciate you for for who you are, Eric. And I feel like you've got a great story to tell. So let's I tell sh- it, man. I shall hope that is true. Um, and the telling of that story is, I suppose, really going to help me bring myself together. In other words, it's a healing agent, and art is that sometimes. But if podcasting is an art, and I do believe it is, when it's done very well, every I should bring my own artistic sense to it. And that's why I'm going to talk about how every podcast is going to be a painting in a sense, in a kind of sense. Right. Because as is so often true in art, it's not about the doing of a thing. It's about how it's done, right? Yeah, of course. So if I consider the art of podcasting, casting to be an art as indeed i do then i owe it to the audience to treat it with the care the love the thought and the sweat that i would give any art i create and if i'm doing my job correctly as an artist this will become apparent in two ways first i must give every subject i choose equal care And we're not going to always be on this level with subjects. The list of subjects comprising this podcast will probably jump all over the map. But as an artist, I generally don't consider a subject for a given project because I believe the subject itself to be elevated enough to deserve my attention. Rather, it falls to me to choose the subject and then to elevate it. That's been the case with my podcast. It's going to be the case here, no matter what topic I pick. So in this, I'm always thinking back to a scene from Peter Schaeffer's 1979 play Amadeus and later the 1984 film of the same name that Milos Forman directed. Amadeus, Amadeus. Yeah? (laughs) Oh, go on. Enjoy the ride while I take you on the ride. Yeah, I will. But so the composer Mozart has to defend his 1786 opera, The Marriage of Figaro, to a room of doubting courtiers. If you've seen the movie, you've at least seen a rendering of this. Why, they ask, should he devote his time and effort to setting a play that they consider such a vulgar farce to music? Surely he could choose more elevated themes than this. To which the composer explodes, and now I shall, from reading the play, as Mozart impatiently goes nuts. Oh, elevated, elevated? The only thing a man should elevate is his doodle. Excuse the language, Baron, but really, how can we go on forever with these gods and heroes? I don't understand you. You're all up on perches, but it doesn't hide your assholes. You don't give a shit about gods and heroes. If you are honest, each one of you, which of you isn't more at home with his hairdresser than Hercules or Horatius? People so lofty, the film version adds, they sound as if they shit marble. The courtiers just gape at him. They gape at his language. But Mozart can only wonder at how the very tableau he's witnessing is itself worthy of opera. 
the four courtiers with their mouths agape. And the composer himself in the middle thinking, I'm just a good fellow. Why do they all disapprove of me? Mozart giggles at this prospect, right? What a perfect quartet. I'd love to write it. Just this second of time. This now, as you are. He continues, get ready to go on the ride. That's why opera is so important, Baron, because it's realer than any play. A dramatic poet would have to put all those thoughts down, one after another, to represent this second of time. The composer can put them down all at once and still make us hear each one of them. Astonishing device, a vocal quartet. I tell you, I want to write a finale lasting half an hour. A quartet becoming a quintet, becoming a sextet, on and on, wider and wider. All sounds multiplying together and rising together. And then together making a sound entirely new. I bet you that's how God hears the world, he says. Millions of sounds ascending at once and mixing in his ear to become an unending music unimaginable to us. That's our job. That's our job, we composers, to combine the inner minds of him and him and him and her and her, the thoughts of chambermaids and court composers, and turn the audience into God. Now, setting aside the character's stated preference for opera over other art forms, or for God over not a God, we see here the playwright making the greater point behind the composer's point, don't we? Whether they draw from life or from legend, from the ground or from the sky, the artist is obligated to treat each subject with equal respect. Make sense, Alex? Absolutely. Go. Cool. So in the course of this podcast, yes, we shall probably examine many things. There will be highbrow or lowbrow or nobrow at all, modern or ancient, pieces of art or pieces of trash, the grandest concepts or the simplest moments in time, good or evil, or as Dietrich put it, beyond good and evil. Things of great importance and things of no importance at all. But whatever they may be, they are linked in some cases only by the fact that they may have been something that to date has helped to comprise I. And my pledge to you, Alex, is that I'll try as hard as I can to make each one of them equally interesting to you, or at the very least try to explain why uh, they've been interesting to me. I think I've gotten away with that strictly by using Amadeus. To Amadeus, de- Amadeus. <laughs> rock the Amadeus. Did he just rock you then? Because that's true from the artist's perspective. Hmm. Now I'll quote another great composer. I'm an artist, John Lennon once said, and if you get me a tuba, I'll bring you something out of it. Which leads to the second point. I must make my expression in every art form, including this one, singular to me. So yes, John Lennon's an artist, and if you get him a tuba, he'll bring you something out of it. Of course he will. He's an artist. But if he's getting at one of the great things of interest in art and the appreciation of it, the way that a specific voice, whether the name attached to the voice is Mozart or Lennon or other, brings something out of that tuba. Because each voice is unique to itself. Mozart's would undoubtedly bring something different out of the tuba than Lennon's, even if they were given the exact same tuba. But either result would have its own validity as a work of art because it's not the tuba, but the voice that counts. Right? Yeah, I mean, you can give anybody a microphone and, you know, with a, with a podcast, and not everybody's going to create something good, are they? Well, it, again, it depends on the voice. Yeah. I tend to lean by the Ratatouille Anton Ego 
point of data that maybe not everyone can become a great artist, but a great artist can come from anywhere. Yeah, even a, even a rat. So I'm going to bring that logic to this podcast. Ultimately, it's not the subject that makes up an individual episode that's going to make it interesting. What my voice, if indeed I have one, brings out of each episode's tuba, that's what will hopefully make it interesting. Now, I've created art in that fashion for as long as I practiced it. And while you might wonder why I might hold up any podcast I do to the same standards I hold up anything else that I create to, the fact is that I can't do otherwise. For if anything truly exists for me to point to and say, this am I, it is the creative work I leave behind me. When my father died, he still left behind another to carry his name. When I die, only my work shall carry it forward. That is all. And in that sense, each and everything I create is my child, for which I am responsible and on which, as an achievement, I must be content to stand. Be it painted or written or spoken, my art is my legacy. It must be something that I can proudly point to and say, this am I. It might as well be something good, no? Yeah. Usually is from you, Eric. <laughs> well, well, then that comes to the cautions, because there's no guarantee of that. Well, don't say I didn't warn you, because here come the warnings. When performing an inventory of this kind, you inevitably find things or qualities you'd rather ignore, wouldn't you? You'd rather not point at and say, this am I. If one doesn't know they're there at the start, they have to at least allow for the possibility that they'll stumble across them along the way, whether they seek to or not. Some at least I know at the start. Some frivolous and some not. So I might as well make sure you and the audience knows to expect them now, lest we just stumble across them in mid-journey. So I'll start by laughing at myself a little bit first, right? I mean, I, hopefully I'm not being immodest when I say that I'm not without a certain amount of fancy book learning. And that such makes itself readily apparent in my speech, which is already complicated enough by my autism. But now you got to be warned that it sometimes makes itself apparent in this bizarre mid-Atlantic accent, which I somehow seem to have long ago appropriated for myself because I'm just barely old enough to have half remembered the golden age of transatlantic speech in the theater and cinema. And to have naively associated with authority intelligence, even though the actor and speech expert Dudley Knight once said its chief quality was that no Americans actually spoke it unless educated to do so. He might have added, or unless cast on an episode of Frasier. But comical or not, Frasier, Maris left me again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for God's sakes, Niles. <laughs> Here he goes with his great uh, impressions. Oh, I'm looking forward to this, Eric. But comic or not, there's moments when this speech is a part of me, and you're going to have to reckon with it. Because I speak very much the way I paint, elaborately and intricately. It's confusing, it's annoying, it's lame. But for better or worse, this am I. So at the same time, I was also raised but not born in Southwest Florida. Isn't it apparent? Which may be a seasonal colony of northerners, but it's at heart wretchedly southern in many respects, including its accents. And because that aspect of myself is as much I as any other, the audience will also have to reckon with my accent wildly fluctuating between one and the other end of the spectrum, between Niles Crane and Sheldon Cooper, between Jean-Luc Picard and Trip Tucker, 
between, well, what the devil is happening here? And what the hell's going on here, Bubba? <laughs> and all of that makes it more confusing, more annoying, and even lamer. But I still have to point to it and say, this am I. I might add, sorry about that. And speaking of words like sorry, I imagine this is going to be as fine a segue as we can think of in order to cover the more serious possible concerns. Which I'm sure that for no other reasons than simple statistics and the fact that I'm made of human flesh, we're just bound to encounter. As bright as you think I am, there are guaranteed to be gaps in my knowledge. A book I haven't read, a film I haven't seen, a song I haven't heard by a singer I haven't heard of. Are you not a robot, Eric? I thought you were a robot. This isn't... What? I thought I was talking to an android that knew everything. What's going on here? Error. 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 <laughs> Captain Kirk got to work on me, and now I'm shorting out. <laughs> Execute your prime function. So whenever I arrive at this kind of gap, and I will, because the path I walk on is going to be both unpaved and unsafe, I'll tell you right at the outset. Because I've said it before, I can only comfortably opine on things I have knowledge of. Because I may have the right to my opinion, and it may be precious simply by virtue of being mine and unique to me. But surely it's going to have more value to me and to you if it's informed to the fullest extent possible, no? So I'll, I'll try as hard as I can to make every opinion I have an informed one, and to withhold it if I feel to be so uninformed as to lack value. And where I must still offer either uninformed opinion or speculation, I'll clearly state it as such. With the warning that every word I say could be overwritten in a stroke by someone else who is more informed than I, of whom there's likely to be plenty. Here's another worry I have. Uh, because this podcast will in so many ways be an examination of self, the great risk is that it can cease to be self-examination and mutate into self-absorption. And that's something I must fight against my own nature not to be. This am I, in other words, but it's a thing I hope to move beyond. Though I still sometimes like to justify myself with a joke that Joseph Campbell liked to frequently but fondly tell with regard to Thomas Mann. Why anyone would invite an artist to talk about anything other than himself is more than I can understand. <laughs> Why did you invite me to have a podcast other than to have me talk about my damn self? You think of a reason? Nah. It's the only reason, Eric. The only reason you're here. <laughs> go! That's what I said. Go! So let's go. But in the course of my going, of the hopefully forward progression I'm going to make, I'm going to make a mistake. I'll say the wrong thing, do the wrong thing. Right? Well, we it's inevitable. From time to time. And when that happens, and happen it will, my hope of myself is to be honest enough to admit that wrong, to be selfless enough to respect the wronged, to be considerate enough to want to do right by the wronged, and to be mature enough to want to become a person who would not say or do that wrong thing a second time, to not want to add to the ranks of the wronged. I hope to be able to point to those qualities and say this am I. Now, you'll note, doubtless, the presence all over this of the word try. Now, there's so many ways in which the word try is inadequate, the sentiment behind it so inadequate, because it falls so far short of do. But these hands, made of human flesh as they are, are constructed thus. The real world is not always like Star Wars. 
Sacrifice. Sometimes. I know. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Burn me at the stake. But sometimes the trying will have to be enough. The doing is not always possible in the real world when attempted by human hands. So thus I assume the possibility of failing to do. But surely that's better and more humble than assuming myself infallible. This I'm not. I think that we covered all the cautions. <laughs> but before calm, they're calm down, folks. So we've just had the uh, the terms and conditions. That's all we've had. Sit right. back down. <laughs> because this first episode is like the first episode of class. It's orientation more than anything else. Hi, I'm Mr. Fluger. This will be our curriculum. <laughs> and before concluding that first introductory class, there's probably one more question we should answer. What do the clouds do to deserve this? <laughs> Why this title? Beyond the fact that it's a, it's a Simpsons reference that a horde of people before me have also made. Why did I come to you and excitedly say, we have a title and then produce this? Why yelling at clouds? The original reference, after all, is to a man at war with his own disillusion. With his own failure to reconcile himself to a world that grew beyond him. A man so besieged by every human's inevitable failure to keep pace with the world that he lashes out at anything at everything. At the children on his lawn, at their music and their culture and their clothing and their ideas. Indeed, as the meme never ceases to remind you at the very clouds that pass him by. Representing the world that passed him by. But am I this? God, I hope not. And if I ever hope to have any good come from this podcast that I have been entrusted with by you, thank you, mm -hmm. I hope never to point to that quality of Abraham Simpson's and to have to begrudgingly say, this am I. Because one may quote Dylan Thomas and rage against the dying of the light if one wishes, but is it so impossible to do so with some greater degree of dignity and self-respect? And respect not just for oneself, but more importantly for others? Uh, than, to, than prior generations may have? Is it so impossible for our generation to look at itself in the proverbial mirror and hopefully be able to paraphrase Tolkien and say, I will diminish? Now, I don't know if that question has an answer. Still less if it can be answered by me. But I have to best make an effort for it. You know, but because we are the new and the not so new, living in a world trapped in the death throes of the old. And we learn and relearn the harm to ourselves and others that can come from failing to cope with, indeed, even violently resisting this inexorable transformative process that consumes all and spares none. Now, when we ourselves as individuals, this I that is us, face our own time to be consumed, we might at least meet it with some humility, perhaps even serenity, and as the best version of oneself. Which is why I tell you, Alex, that every time I come before this microphone, I will not only be examining this or that aspect of myself, or this or that thing that I've liked or found value in, or even simply to ask questions of, I will quite literally apply the Marie Kondo method to it. I will follow the organizing expert's lead and ask of each aspect, does this spark joy? 
is it necessary and or helpful to continue to keep it? To be able to point to it and say, this am I? Or, and I'll consider the fundamental choice. Do I conserve it, keep it? Or do I progress and leave behind me? One or the other. I'll consider whether it should remain I. Hence my statement at the start that the answer to the question, who am I, will forever be, I do not know, but I search. Because the phrase, this am I, is itself fluid. It, too, changes as the times change, as the I changes. And what you, the audience member, will hopefully witness with each episode, each consideration of each aspect, is the I both accepting and guiding that change, both embracing and maneuvering that process of disillusion, and hopefully welcoming the ideas of the kids on his lawn rather than rejecting them. Because at the end of the day, it's not a podcast about yelling at the clouds. Because that is an act of selfishness, of demanding that the universe bend to you. It's a podcast about coming to peace with the clouds. Because that is an act of selflessness. Of accepting that it is you who must bend to the universe and not the reverse. It is about identifying with the clouds. It's about understanding that I myself am like the clouds, ephemeral at best and soon enough to vanish. All of which means that, yes, the name of this podcast is actually a misdirection. But then no author is obliged to be entirely honest about their titles and what they mean. Umberto Eco once noted that perhaps the best thing for an author to be in selecting a title is what he called dis honestly dishonest. And he cites the fact that when the French novelist Dumas entitled his 1844 novel The Three Musketeers, it was actually about the fourth. But at least with you, I'm honest in my honest dishonesty. This at least am I. And I, that is the bulk of this. But I think Alex, you'd agree that I shouldn't end without touching on one last quality I want to be able to point to when I say this am I, and that's hopefully humble gratitude. So to that end, there's a number of names I want to cite at the outset for acknowledgments. For without them, I truly would not be sitting in this chair before this microphone speaking these words before this audience. For if this is a, if this am I, I'm still nothing without them. To start with, I want to thank you, Alex. Aww, I want to thank you, Alex Whiteley, on the farther side of the Atlantic, and Tom Bruno on the nearer side, for making the irrational but welcome decision that my voice was one worth listening to, <laughs> and for trying so hard to get me comfortable with sitting in front of a microphone and talking. We got you there, man. We got you there, eventually. Oh, and you did, oh. and then I... Go on. Honestly, uh, now we can't shut him up. <laughs> this is going to be the easiest podcast we've ever made. Just go, Eric, and it's amazing. Honestly. Well, not always. The first and second ones will indeed be more lectures than conversations. We will quickly get past that simply because the workload is the workload. The third one perhaps will be a bit more conversational and we'll talk about something a bit stupider, just so we can be lighthearted and fun about it. Now, there's other people i got to thank, of course. I need to thank a comedian from Pennsylvania named Ralph Garman and a film director from New Jersey named Kevin Smith. Yeah. 
because together at a very crucial time in my life, they gave me a reason to believe in myself as an artist and an opportunity to express myself as such. Now, though many ways in which their involvement in my life has blessed it for the better uh, must surely be saved for another time than this. I know not when. But at this moment of beginnings, I hope to honor them both, greater and better in their arts than I could ever aspire to be in mine, with my thanks and my praise. And now I got to thank my mother, Geraldine Pfluger, who has for my whole life been more than a mother, but also a friend, a confidant, and a crucial source of courage. She is now the closest thing to the only one to understand how this thing, this dot of flesh called I, truly functions. Perhaps the only one capable of writing an owner's manual for me other than myself. And having myself now taken up that task with this very podcast, I lovingly reach out to her and hopefully share between us a certain smile and a knowing look in our eyes because the two of us alone truly know what I'm getting myself into here. And I might also thank her profusely for going out of her, her way to ask what I need for this podcast to happen. And after a certain amount of emotional wrangling, on my part, she helped me to get the computer on which we're recording this. Thank you, Mom. And of course, Mom. Reese. Aw. <laughs> Jesus, sweetie. Now, recent events, of course, obliged me to set my father, John Pfluger, aside for special consideration. On the day he died, you and I had already been planning this podcast. You had already offered it to me. But for various reasons, he never lived to hear me announce it, still less to hear this pilot episode. And now it represents my first true piece of creative output to be unveiled in his wake, my first creation as not just the next Fluger, but the last Fluger. And as the last, may I make that solemn honor truly mean something. May I do the name proud. May I do the family proud. May I serve well in my capacity as the period at the end of the sentence by doing precisely what the period must do, complete, sum up, and justify the lengthy and beautiful line standing behind it. Nice. I love you, Dad. But of course, all that is still mere prologue. For there is no one on earth I feel deserves more and greater thanks than my wife, Yvette Pfluger. Her contribution from the very beginning has deserved far more praise than it has heretofore gotten. For without it, I could lay down no brush, write no words, create nothing at all. Few artists have managed to undertake their task without having to cope with the need to keep the lights on. And I am far from the first artist in the long and less than ideal history of art uh, to benefit from the sweat of their partner. But it would be criminal of me to overlook that contribution here and now at the beginning of this new venture in this new medium. For she has given of herself unceasingly and with great cost. And she has done it all on the faith that this dream she has given me leave to chase 
might actually go somewhere, lead to something. My love, wherever you are when you hear this, let my last words here on this, my first episode of my first podcast, be the most important words to say. Let them be my declaration of my love and gratitude to you, my other self, the I next to my own, without whom my own could never flourish. Ever grateful, ever loving, ever loyal, ever yours, this am I. I love you. The end. For sake, Eric. Oh, you're making me tear up, man. That was beautiful. That was so nice. Lovely. Uh, Not bad, huh? Not bad. So is that it? You want me to, or do you want to do like a Q&A afterwards? You're welcome to ask me a question or two, by all means. We're still very fluid in the formatting of this thing yet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like the organic feel of it at the end. Uh, if you want me to cut it at the end, we can do. But I feel like we need to we need to dive into that a little bit, Eric, because that took uh, that took some writing. And I know you put a lot of thought into writing that script there. And, you know, when... Every podcast a painting. <laughs> it really is. And I was talking about this earlier because um, I was speaking to Natalie Hildegard Leach, uh, who's a stained glass artist in, in Shrewsbury. Uh, and behind me, I had my photo- photographer, James Warman, taking pictures. And I was, say, I was explaining, like, I would never compare myself to an artist such as you, Eric, or to Natalie, or a photographer even like James. But I feel like these podcasts are almost photographs of of conversations of culture and the, the one of the most inspiring things for me when it comes to the art of conversation was I went to the the courthouse it's an art museum in Liverpool and as you go down to the cells they had like interpretation speakers and you could hear between the cells conversations I can't believe they locked me up again. I'm not going to get out of here. You know, I need to get home to me kids and all this sort of stuff that was going on in the background. And I was just like, that is a snippet in time. That is, I mean, obviously that is somebody, they've recorded that on a microphone and put played it. But like, to me, I was there, you know, I went back in time because I could hear those voices, those conversations in that setting. Uh, and I feel like that's the most important thing that we're doing right now is we're recording you, Eric, and you talk about your legacy and going forward. Well, this is your opportunity to inspire someone to go out there and to become an artist like you, to be better than you, to 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 be the artist that they want to be. They might hear this podcast and be like, you know what? I want to follow on in Eric Fluger's footsteps. So this is your opportunity to do that. Great. Now less clients for me. But that's <laughs> fine because Kevin Smith said it simply. Creativity inspires the creativity of others. And he has done his job with regard to me. He first told me long ago that you got to love your art at a time when I didn't. When it was just drudgery, I did not love it. Been before, been there before, been there since. But then he said, you got to love your art. And the fact that I had recognized that I didn't shamed me, yes. But that shame became fuel to reconstruct me. It's, I guess I sometimes use the metaphor of the drummer from Rush going to deconstruct his entire drumming style by learning at the hands of a jazz drummer to take down and rebuild. In a sense, you and I are doing that together here again. 
hopefully for the better. Or at the very least, I'll be getting the worldview or Weltanschauung of myself out on paper. And just like everything else, I now have to hold it up for criticism. Because now the listener has their say. And I may not always hold up under that criticism, which is why I say I will try to do better. And I feel like um, if if we get enough listeners listening to this first episode, I would love to open the listeners up to uh, maybe suggest uh, sending some questions for Eric. We could save them for the end of the episode. So if you do have a question for Eric Fluger, the world famous Eric Fluger, um, please um, on the Usuk fan page, um, if you put the the hashtag um, uh, question for Flugs. Uh, uh, <laughs> question for Flugs. Uh, we will. will I'll, I'll, I'll make sure they get passed over to Eric, and we can we can have those discussions because we have a um, Q and A. A Q and A. Yeah. Of course, I have to be like Kevin, and uh, well, hopefully, I have to be a bit more economical than Kevin because the speed, uh, the lecture part alone is 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 time consuming enough. <laughs> and audiences have lives. <laughs> well, but th- this is the thing that this is the weird thing about about what i do as a podcaster and i was speaking to some young guy earlier and he was like oh but you've spoken to some amazing people haven't you and i was like yeah i have actually and i got i remember sitting there thinking all i want is a celebrity i don't care who it is just someone come on my show and now we can look back at this back catalogue at me tom bruno the shoes for biscuit wherever i've been we've spoken to some amazing people but at one point eric you were one of those celebrities to me you were one of those inspirations uh, and when I when I had you on the show for the first time, it was it felt I felt elation that I got you as a guest, you know. And that's how I feel about a lot of people. Celebrity. I am now. I've never been. I'm sitting looking at one of your art pieces of art. It's obviously a, it's a print. It's not an original. But I went to Hollywood Babylon. I spent money on this, and I spent more money for the signed version of this. Um, and I wear I hang that up in pride with pride because at one point, Eric. You were, uh, you had celebrity status for me. Now I consider you as a friend, and I feel so grateful for that. So, that the one is more this. authentic to me than the other, and it is not the celebrity part. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm grateful to have you as a friend, and even more grateful to be doing this with you. So, you know, thank you very much for for putting your heart. Well, you know, you wore your heart in your sleeve this uh, this demo, and I'm sure we're going to see it again moving forward. Um, and I'd like to see some of you know, it's not a podcast to be like. Don't do drugs, kids. Drugs ain't good, you know. Drugs are bad. And good. Drugs are bad. Um, it's 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 a bit of good and a bit of bad and a very just Eric. This is all. This is it's just Eric. The good, the bad, the flug. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's the uh, the title for this episode. What you? It can't end better than that. <laughs> <laughs> the good, the bad, and the flug. Right. Eric, this has been fantastic. Um, guys, this has obviously been part of the USUC network. Um, I would like for you, I'm not going to do all the spiel, um, because if you're watching this, you know what USUC is. But um, if you're new to this, if you are, please go to usucnetwork.com, um, which is our website, and it was made for us by WebWatchit. All of our content is available on there. There's also um, a, a bit where you can get in contact with us. I've just killed that. There we go. It's fine. Um, there I am. <laughs> There you go. Uh, so if you do want to get in touch with us, please go to the website. Um, and if you want to come on um, any of our podcasts, please get in, con- in touch with us that way. Yeah. So, Eric, should we get out of here? Let's. Right. Thank you very much. Do you want to do the outro, Eric? Do you want to say goodbye to the listeners? 
goodbye to the listeners. Oh, yeah, do I do it like uh, George Burns and Gracie Allen? <laughs> Say goodbye to the nice people, Gracie. Goodbye, nice people. Thank <laughs> you.